Praise the Lord. Welcome in, everyone, to another Soar of Seeds podcast. I'm your host, Ted Johnson. And as always, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Our kind and gracious, loving Heavenly Father, God, I thank you, Lord, for this day, and I thank you for all your wonderful gifts and blessings that you've given us. God, I thank you for life. I thank you for health, dear God, and I thank you, Lord, for for just being there for us, dear God, and lead God directing us and, and showing us the way that you would have us to go, dear God, and, and leading us always in the paths of righteousness. God, God, I pray, Lord, that you just take my mind and my lips, God, that you would just anoint them and, and use them, dear God, for your glory, dear God, to, to your name may be lifted up. God, your word says if you be lifted up, you draw men unto you. God, I pray, Lord, that you would just bless this podcast, God, and just let it go out and help someone in some way, dear God. For it's in Jesus' wonderful name we pray. Amen. Amen. We're in Joshua chapter 1. Uh, we're starting starting now. We're going uh, getting ready to go over into the promised land, and uh, Moses has died and has been buried, and they... Uh, mourned his death for 30 days and uh, now then uh, in chapter 1 of Joshua says, now after the death of Moses the servant of the Lord it came to pass that the Lord spake unto Joshua the son of Nun Moses' minister saying Moses my servant is dead now therefore arise go over this Jordan thou and all this people unto the land which I do give to them even to the children of Israel. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that they that have I given unto you, as I said unto Moses, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, and unto the great sea toward the going down of the sun shall be your coast. So now then the Lord tell Moses, or Moses, Jordan, Joshua, I'll get it right here in a minute maybe. Joshua, that it's, it's time to get ready to go over Jordan. It's time to go in and to possess the uh, land that flows with milk and honey that he promised to Abraham and to Isaac and to Jacob. It's time that we we get to the point to where that we realize that this thing is, is uh, achievable and we can do it. As long as we follow God and and let Him be our guide, and not try to tell tell Him how to do it, nor or how we're going to do it, and just let Him lead us and guide us and show us the way that He would have us to go, so that uh, we will be we will be blessed the most. You know, a lot of times we we get a blessing, and uh, we could have got a bigger blessing if we had just listened a little more and followed the Lord just a little bit more, uh, we could have gotten a bigger blessing. But this this one here, I, I think the, for now the Israelites have uh, figured out that they need to follow the Lord and they need to uh, pay attention to what Moses is saying and they need to keep the commandments and the statutes and everything at for right now. And so because they're getting ready to go over and to take this land. There shall not any man be able able to stand before thee all the days of thy life. 
As I was with Moses, so will I be with thee. I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. There shall not be any man able to stand before thee. The Lord is blessing the children of Israel, and he's blessing Joshua, and he's putting a special blessing on Joshua, for he's going to take up Moses' place and lead, uh, lead the children of Israel into the promised land. And he said that, you know, that nobody's going to be able to stand uh, on their behalf when they get ready to go over Jordan. When they go over there, uh, everybody, everybody is already afraid of Israel, and Israel hadn't even crossed over Jordan yet. This is how big our God is. He has put a fear in the people of his people, of the fear of the the nations that are, that are in the promised land, of his people, and they haven't even gotten to the promised land yet. And it says there that uh, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And if we go to, um, I believe it's Matthew, no, Hebrews, Hebrews 13, 5, um, Hebrews 13, 5, the Bible says, Let your conversation be without covetance, and be content with such things as you have. For he hath said, I will never leave thee nor forsake thee. Now then, over in Joshua, God's telling Joshua that he's not going to forsake them, that he won't fail them, and he's not going to forsake them. Now in, in, in Hebrews, God is telling his people, us today, that he will never leave us nor forsake us. You know, that, that's, that's one of those promises where he promised uh, the children of Israel, now he's promising the children of God that he's never going to leave us. He's never going to forsake us. He's never going to leave us stranded. He's going to be right there with us. And, you know, that, that came very apparent to me the other day because I was having having a really bad day and I was, I was tired and uh, going through some things. And it came to me. For God, just to hold on to God's hand and let him lead me. Remember, he's going through the same thing that you are with you. And, you know, when I thought about that, and I just asked God, I said, God, take my hand and lead me through this. I, I immediately felt better. I, I was still going through the things. Things were still happening. But I was different. And it didn't affect me as much because I knew that in the end of it, I was going to come out stronger. And he said, I'll never leave thee nor forsake thee. And he's telling, telling the children of Israel, I will not fail thee nor forsake thee. And here we go. Three times in about uh, five or six, uh, see, three one, two, three, four, four verses, God tells them to be strong and of a good courage. For unto this people shalt thou divide for an inheritance the land which I swear unto their fathers to give them. Be strong. Be strong in the Lord. 
Be strong. Be of good courage. Know that there is nothing going to happen to you and that God will not allow. If, it, if God allows something to happen to you, it will. But if he does not allow it to happen to you, it won't. In other words, God's in control of your life. We need to lean upon him and follow him and know that whatever happens, it is for our good, whatever happens to us. I know, I know, listen, listen, I know for a fact that it is hard sometimes to understand that what you are going through at that point in time is going to be for your benefit and going to help you in the long run. Because at that point in time, all you want to do is figure out some way to get out of what you're going through. <laughs> I've been there. And it, it, it gets easier. It does get easier. But we've got to figure out that, you know, God's right there with us. The Lord's right there with us. And they are leading us. And they, they, have, our, or they have our backs. They, they, have, they have us in their protection. All we have to do is walk in with them, walk with them. And in verse 7, Only be thou strong and very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses my servant commanded thee. Turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. Now then, this, this was told to Joshua to tell the people. Now then, this is, this is a, a very good scripture for us today. Only be thou strong and very courageous. Have, have courage. Know that whatever is going to come against you, God has got your back. He's got you, and he's in control of, of everything. He's allowing what's coming against you to come against you for a good reason. So be strong. Be strong. He knows exactly how strong you are. He would not let these things come against you that that have come against you unless he knew that you could handle it. If you want to. So many times we, we at when we get to these points of these troubles and these trials and things that comes against us that we, we give up. We just we just sit down and quit. I, I can't take it no more. Um, you know, and I, all the things that we say, we make all these different excuses and all this stuff and, and cry and whine and go on. But really, this is where we need to call upon the Lord. This is where we need to thank God that we are a Christian. This is where we need to thank God that he is with us. This is where we, we need to thank God that he is in control of our lives because he is allowing us to go through this, but he is going through this with us. He's right beside us. All we have to do is reach over and take his hand and walk with him. Walk with him. He will lead us through this. He will lead you through it. You know, he, he, the Lord don't bring you to nothing that he won't go through it with you. So... We just need to understand that he's in control and he's in charge and he knows best. Father knows best. Always remember that. But 
be strong, very courageous, that thou mayest observe to do according to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee. Turn not from the from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. The law, the Bible. We need to take the Bible and we need to live it just exactly the way it says. We don't need to say, well, this is easier than doing this, or, uh, uh, you know, I, I don't have to do that because that doesn't apply to me. Every word in God's word applies to each and every one of us, whether it's the New Testament or whether it's the Old Testament. Each and every word in it is, belongs to us. It is written for us. It is written to let us know how other people, what other people had to do to be saved, what other people had to do to have their sins under the blood. But we still, even the Israelites all the way up to us today, we still need to take this book and we need to read this book and we need to study this book and we need to live this book. It's not the easiest thing in, that ever was to do. I mean, look at the children of Israel. Of all the problems and, and everything that they got in trouble over, it's not easy to do. And all they had to do was and uh, was take an animal and, and take it to the priest and have the priest sacrifice it for them. Their, their sins were under the blood. We have it even easier. We don't have to go through all of that. We don't have to go to the priest. We don't have to go to anybody but Jesus. We go to him. He is our intercessor. He is the one that takes our petitions to God, and he is the one that gives us our answers from God. We need to take whatever's going on in our life, and we need to take it to him, and we need to ask him for help. And don't be, don't be ashamed to ask for help. Because let me tell you something. The one thing I found out is I am not ashamed to ask God for help. I may be ashamed to ask you for help, but I am not ashamed to ask God for help. Because number one, I know that I'm going to get it. And number two, I know that it ain't going to be broadcast all over the world what, my, what I'm going through at that point in time. And there's not going to be any... Uh, uh, gossiping or anything like that about what is going on in my life when i take my problems to the lord between him and the father and that's it and it's nobody else's business you know i'm not going to go there only be thou strong and very courageous that thou mayest observe to do according to the law to all the law which Moses, my servant, commanded thee, turn not from it to the right hand or to the left, that thou mayest prosper whithersoever thou goest. This book of the law shall not depart out of my mouth, out of thy mouth, but thou shalt meditate therein day and night, that thou mayest observe to do according to all that is written therein, for then thou shalt take thou make thy way prosperous, and then thou shalt have good success. Take this book, 
Don't let it depart out of your mouth. Speak it. Speak it whenever you get a chance. Speak the Word of God. You're not going to be able to speak the Word of God if you don't read the Word of God and and know what it says. You may not understand what it says, but you're going to know what it says. And trust me, there will there will possibly be point at uh, some point in your life that you will that that one verse that never did make sense to you maybe you read it two or three or four times and it, it, you still just couldn't get the meaning and you've done research on it and everything and it just the meaning just escaped you but still it's in the back of your mind and one of these days you're going to run up on a situation where that verse of scripture will come out and it will be as plain as day you'll know just exactly what it was meant by so don't don't just because you don't understand everything that you I don't understand every bit of the Bible. I do not. There's things in in what we have studied on since I, I started this podcast that I still have no idea what it means. I have done research on it and I, and, and and apparently uh there's a lot of people, uh commentators and uh uh, scholars and things like that that really doesn't understand it because I can't find a whole lot on it. But one of these days, maybe not in this life, but over on the other side when I get to heaven, I'll understand it. I know exactly what it means. And, you know, don't give up. Just because you can't understand all of it, don't give up. Read it. Read it. Keep it. Do it. Hide it in your heart. Hide it in your mind. Meditate on it day and night. You know, I, I, when I read something that I'm going to, to teach on, uh, a lot of times I'll think about it during the day. And, and I'll get to, I'll, I, I don't really realize that I'm doing it. I'll get to working. And uh, all of a sudden, something will come to my mind that fits in with what I've been studying on. Uh, to teach on and you know this is one good thing about my job I'm by myself and and nobody else is around me to bother me much and I I can do a lot of thinking and I listen to a lot of gospel music and I do a lot of thinking and I get a lot of thoughts at work and I thank God for that but we need to take this book we need to read it even though we don't understand it read it we won't understand all of it, but there's some of it we will understand. And God will show us other parts of it as we go along. Have I not commanded thee? Be strong and of a good courage. Be not afraid, neither be thou dismayed. For the Lord thy God is with thee wheresoever thou goest. Doesn't matter where you're going, God's with you. Follow him. Let him lead, guide, and direct you. Show you the way to go. And by in doing that, you will be blessed, and you will have great success, and you will be prosperous. In Matthew chapter 28 and, and verse 20, teaching them to observe all things whatsoever I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even unto the end of the world. 
I'm with you always. Every step you take, I'm right beside of you. You lay down to go to sleep at night, I'm right there beside of you. You get up in the morning, I'm right there beside you. I've been there all night. I've made sure that nothing can befailed you, nothing came over you. I'm right there with you. Be not dismayed. Don't worry. Be of good courage. Don't be afraid. Don't be dismayed. I'm right there. Even though sometimes we can't feel him, he's right there with us. You know, when I was talking about uh, a few minutes ago about going through some things, it, it it's like going through a dry a dry patch where, you know, you're going through the, you've been through this great lush forest and everything, and it's all uh, humid and wet and everything, and then it's all of a sudden you step out into the middle of a desert, and it's, it's dry and it's hot and there ain't nobody around nowhere, and you think you're all by yourself. But listen, the Lord is right there with you. He's right there with you. Just reach for his hand. Let him know that you need help. Let him know that you want to hold his hand. And he will get a hold of your hand. And he'll let you know that he's there. And you follow him. And he will walk you out. He will walk you through it. And on to the blessing that waits on the other side. Joshua prepares the people to cross Jordan. Then Joshua commanded the officers of the people, saying, Pass through the host, and command the people, saying, Prepare ye victuals, for within three days we will pass over this Jordan to go in to possess the land which the Lord your God giveth you to possess. And to the Reubenites, and to the Gadites, and to the half-tribe of Manasseh, spake Joshua, saying, Remember the word which Moses, the servant of the Lord, commanded you, saying, The Lord your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. Your wives, your little ones, and your cattle shall remain in the land which Moses gave you on this side Jordan, but ye shall pass before your brethren armed almighty men of valor and help them until the Lord hath given your brethren rest as he hath given you, and they also have possessed the land which the Lord your God giveth them. Then ye shall return into the land of your possession and enjoy it, which Moses, the Lord's servants, gave you on this side Jordan toward the sun rising. Now, if we remember, right uh, when they got to the uh, to the crossing of Jordan, the, uh, the tribe of Gad and the tribe of Manasseh and a half of the or half of the tribe of Manasseh and the Reuben and tribe of Reuben, they all wanted to stay on this side of Jordan. There was some very good fertile uh, land there that, that was perfect for feeding cattle, and they wanted to stay on this side. And they went to Moses and they asked Moses uh, about staying. And this is another one of those those times when the people went to Moses and they didn't go complaining and everything. They went asking a question calmly and in order. And they asked Moses about them staying on this side of, of uh, the Jordan because of 
the the grass, the very fertile grass and everything that they had there was perfect for uh, feeding uh, feeding their cattle and uh, for them to prosper and to grow and, and reproduce. And God told Moses that that would be fine. So uh, the tribe of Gad and the tribe of uh, Reuben and the half-tribe of Manasseh, they all stayed on, they're going to stay on this side of Jordan. But all the men that are able to go to war, uh, they are they are to suit up, put on their armor, and they are to go over Jordan with the rest of the tribes, and they are to fight with them, help them to get their uh, land set, set up and ever situated and everything, and then when they get all their possession and all their uh, inheritance and everything of land set up and everything, then they can come back to uh, cross Jordan and be with their families and start their life there. Um, and the Lord told them, he said, this, this would be fine, but they will go over and they will fight and they will stay there and they will fight until everybody's inheritance is, is acquired and they are settled. And then after that, they can come back home. Because they said, remember the word which Moses the servant of the Lord commanded you, saying, The Lord hath, your God hath given you rest and hath given you this land. God's given it to you, but you're still going to have to fight for it in a way. Even though you're not going into the land of, that flows with milk and honey, you're not going into that land where you're going to get your greatest blessing and, and where everything is, is going to be a lot better and you're going to be closer to the Lord and and the Lord is going to bless you and use you in great and mighty ways. Uh, even though you're not going over to that place, you're still going to have to go over and you're still going to have to fight with your brothers and sisters and help them to achieve their promised land. So, you know, brothers and sisters, children of God, even though we're going to stay on this side of Jordan and we don't want to go over into that, that place, we're still going to have to go over and help our brothers and sisters that's over there to help them every once in a while. And, you know, that that's a good thing because the Lord the Lord is going to bless us with, I guess, the best of both worlds. We, we're living in a place where that, that, is, that is real good for us and it's a place that we like to be. It's a place where God can use us. But, you know, uh, we can still go over and help our our brothers and sisters that are on the other side of Jordan. We can still go over and help them at any time they need help. We can still go over and help them. You know, the Bible says for us to bear each other's burdens. You know, we need to pray for each other, and we need to lift each other up, and we need to let it let our brothers and sisters know. And I'm listen. I'm not talking about the church building or the church group that you're in. I'm talking about children of God all over the world, we need to be praying for them and we need to let them know that, that we're there for them anytime that they need us. You know, for prayer, for a shoulder to cry on, for, for just to listen sometimes. We need to be there for them. 
And it doesn't matter what name's up over the door or as long as they are a child of God and they need us. I don't care if they're not a child of God. As long as someone needs us, we need we need to go and and take the Lord with us and we need to go to these people and we need to minister unto these people. Minister unto these people. How do we minister to people? Well, we, we tell them about the Lord. Uh, we listen. Uh, sometimes just a hug. Sometimes just a I love you. Uh, a handshake. Sometimes just, just call them up and say, hey, I've been thinking about you. How's everything going? You know, there's so many things. It's just the point of you're letting people know that you are concerned about them and you are thinking about them and, and you, you have taken the time to do whatever that you have done for them. You know, we, we have got so wrapped up in ourselves that we don't take the time to think about our brothers and sisters in Christ. You know, we, we, don't, we don't really think about what's going on overseas uh, in our, our brothers and sisters' life. Let me tell you what, those, uh, especially the, uh, the missionaries that are over there, they, they really have a hard time. They really do. And because one slip of the tongue out in public can be your death. One slip of the tongue, and somebody finds out that you're a Christian, and you could die. You really could. I, this, this is serious. It's very serious. If they find out that you're a Christian, it's a very serious thing. But he said, this, this, just stay at this, your wives and your children and all your animals and everything can stay over here. But you men of valor, all of you that are ready to go, that are at the age of go to war and are ready, you've got to go over and fight. You've got to go over and fight and help your brothers and sisters to get their land, get their land together and get their promise. And they answered Joshua saying, verse 16, all that thou commandest us, we will do. And wheresoever thou send us, we will go. According as we hearkened unto Moses in all things, we will, so will we hearken unto thee. Only the Lord thy God be with thee as he was with Moses. It's in our eyes. They're telling Joshua, whatever you say, we'll do. Wherever you go, we go. Wherever you send us, we'll go. And whatever you do, we'll do. And we will hearken unto you. But uh, only the Lord thy God be with you. In other words, but as long as God is with you and he is, uh, you're listening to him as he was, uh, as, as Moses did, we'll follow you no matter where. Because they knew Moses was a great man and, and Moses went to, to bat for them quite a few times and kept uh, the whole tribe, the whole nation of Israel from getting destroyed several times. Yeah, there were some of them that did get destroyed. But Moses kept the whole nation from getting destroyed several times. But they said, as long as God is with you, as he was with 
Moses, we're going to be with you. Whosoever, this is Joshua saying, whosoever he be that doth rebel against thy commandment and will not hearken unto thy words in all that thou commandest him, he shall be put to death. Only be strong and of a good courage. Yes, there's, there's a blessing there and there's also the curse there. The blessing is as long as you do what the Lord God wants you to do and you go over and you fight and you help us get help uh, all the other tribes get situated, then you can go back to your families and, and you can live in peace then. But if you don't, if for some reason you decide that you're not going to keep this commandment and you're not going to fight and you're not going to do what God wants you to say, then your curse is going to be death. Your curse is going to be death. In, in chapter 2 of Joshua, uh, there, there's a lot in this chapter. Uh, I don't know if I'm going to get to all of it today or not, but I will get to some of it. But Joshua sent two spies out to uh, check out the land and also to check out Jericho. Now then, when when we get into where they go in to check out Jericho, these, there is a lot there that uh, the Lord has, has shown me uh, about uh, the woman that was involved in helping the spies uh, and what she did for them. But in chapter 2, and Joshua, the son of Nun, sent out two, sent out of Shittim two men to, to spy secretly, saying, Go view the land, even Jericho. And they went and came unto a harlot's house named Rahab and lodged there. Now then, they went, they went into a prostitute's house. And she was a very... A uh, very well-known prostitute, and she was a very successful prostitute because number one, she lived in the wall that surrounded Jericho. Her home was in the wall, and it was a uh, uh, the upper part of the wall. And for to live in the wall, to have your home in the wall, you had to be uh, somebody of some great. Uh, stature and and uh a great uh have a lot of money and and power and everything and this is where she lived and they went into her house and she welcomed them in she knew exactly who they were because it was told the king of jericho saying Behold, I come in in thither tonight of the children of Israel to search out the country. This is not Rahab that's saying this. This is someone else. Someone else went in and told the king that there was two men that had came into the uh, to Jericho to search it out, to look it over, and to report back to the Israel. And the king of Jericho sent unto Rahab. He knew exactly where to go saying, Bring forth the men that are come to thee, which are entered into thine house, for they be come to search out all the country. 
And the woman, Rahab, took the two men and hid them and said thus, There came men unto me, but I wist not whence they were. And it came to pass about the time of shutting of the gate, when it was dark, that the men went out. Whether the men went, I want not. Pursue after them quickly, for ye shall overtake them. Now then, you know, God can use anybody that will allow him to use them. I don't care if you're saved or unsaved or whatever. God will use you to to get his job done. Uh, you know, he, the, the brothers there that was so jealous of Joseph and everything, God used them to get Joseph where he needed them. Many other places in the Bible, God used different people uh, uh, that were under the blood and those that weren't under the blood. He used both of them to get his job done. So God used this this prostitute to hide these men, and then when they came, when the king came searching for them, she lied to him. She told him, said. I don't know who they were. They they came to me, and I don't know I don't know where they came from or who they were. They just came unto me, and and about the time about the time the uh, gate was being shut at dark, they they left. I don't know where they went to. And she lied to them, and she knew she did. But see, God used her because at that point in time, she was not a saved person because of her occupation. And he used her, and he used her so that she could lie and and basically, you know, uh, lying is part of being uh, a prostitute, uh, being a woman of the evening or whatever you want to call them because they have to to say things that was that are not true to, Save a lot of marriages sometimes. But anyway, she told these lies to, to the king. And the king sent out men to pursue uh, these men. And it came to pass about the time of the shutting. Let's see, I've done read that one. Number six. But she had brought them up to the roof of the house and hid them with the stalks of flax, which she had laid in order upon the roof. And the men pursued after the way after them the way to Jordan and to the fjords. And as soon as they were pursued after them were gone out, they shut the gate. And before they were laid down, she came up unto them upon the roof. And she said unto them, the men. Now listen to what she tells the men. Now this, this is a woman, uh, she was a harlot. And, but she knew what was going on in the town. And she knew what was going on in the surrounding areas. And she said unto the men, I know that the Lord hath given you the land and that your terror is falling upon us and that all the inhabitants of the land faint because of you. Everybody knew what God had done for them. For we have heard how the Lord dried up the waters of the Red Sea for you when ye came out of Egypt. 
and what you did unto the two kings of the Amorites that were on the other side Jordan, Shon and Og, whom you utterly destroyed. And as soon as we had heard these things, our hearts did melt. Neither did there remain any more courage in any man because of you. For the Lord your God, he is God in heaven above and in earth beneath. That goes back to the old saying, putting the fear of God in somebody. They, they knew who the children of Israel was. They knew She knew who these men were, and she knew exactly what was going on, and she was afraid. And everybody in the land was afraid. She said that, that their hearts melted in them, and nobody, nobody had any courage remaining. Everybody was scared to death. They didn't know what to do, and they knew what was going to happen to them, and they didn't know what to do. They were lost. But this this harlot, she took these two men in, and she hid them. And then when everybody, when everything was calmed down and everything, before the pursuers got back, she took a scarlet rope, and she let them down from her window to the ground, and she told them, said, Now you go to the mountains, flee to the mountains, and stay there for three days. So that, that way the pursuers will, will figure out that they, they can't find you and they'll quit looking for you, but stay there three days. But before they left, she made them swear something. Verse 12. Now therefore I pray you, swear unto me by the Lord, since I have showed you kindness, that ye will also show kindness unto my father's house and give me a true token, and that ye will save alive my father and my mother and my brethren and my sister and all that they have and deliver our lives from death. And the men answered her, Our life for yours. If you utter not this our business, and it shall be when the Lord hath given us the land that we will deal kindly and truly with thee. Then she let them down by a cord through the window, for her house was upon the town wall, and she dwelt upon the wall. And she said unto them, Get ye to the mountain, lest the pursuers meet you and hide yourselves there three days until the pursuers be returned, and afterwards may ye go your way. And the men said unto her, We will be blameless of this thine oath which thou hast made us swear. Behold, when we come into the land, thou shalt bind this line of scarlet thread in the window which thou did let us down by. And thou shalt bring thy father and thy mother and thy brethren and all thy father's household home unto thee. And it shall be that whosoever shall go out of the doors of thy house into the street, his blood shall be upon his head, and we will be guiltless. And whosoever shall be with thee in the house, his blood shall be on our heads, if any hand 
be upon him. And if you utter this our business, then we will be quit of thine oath which thou hast made us to swear. And she said, According unto your word, so be it. And she sent them away, and they departed, and she bound the scarlet line in the window. Well, I mean, this, this woman, she knew God some way or another. A little bit, maybe. I don't know exactly how much, but she knew who God was. And she knew that he was God of heaven and God of earth. She knew that he was very powerful. And he and she knew that uh, he was leading the children of Israel and they were going to take the land. They, they were going to destroy everybody in the land. She knew that. She knew that she had to do something to save her family. And she made she made a an agreement with the two men that she wouldn't say anything about who they was, what they were, where they went, or what they was going to do, or anything like that. And they would save her whole family. You know, the woman the woman may have had a uh, occupation that was not a a righteous one but she knew who God was. And at this point in time, she has figured out that uh, her occupation and all that she knew and everything was not going to save her, and there was only one one person in the world, one person that could, that could actually save her, and that was God. And she had to figure out some way to get on his good side. You know, it doesn't matter how good we are, really, it doesn't matter how how truthful we are. It doesn't matter uh, if we give all of our money to charity and and uh, go feed the, the hungry and uh, all this stuff. It doesn't matter as long as if we don't have the blood applied to our life. If we don't have our sins covered in the blood, our sins forgiven us, and Jesus Christ in our heart directing our steps and directing us in the way that we go and we haven't repented of our sins and we and we haven't completely gotten away from our sins it is still doesn't matter how good you are you i mean the best people there is no possible way that we can work our way into heaven there is no possible way that we can be good enough on our own to get into heaven we can't do enough good works on our own to get into heaven. I don't care how good you are. Uh, if you, I don't care if you go to church every time the church doors is open. If you have not asked God to forgive you of your sins and you have not repented of your sins and you have not turned from your sins and you have not walk and you are not walking that path that the Lord has set out for you to walk you're not going to make it in. I'm sorry. I know that's plain and that's blunt, but that's the, that's the way it is. But this woman knew that she she had to do something to save her family because God was, was about to take over, and she knew that. And so she made, she made a pact with these two men to, that her family could be saved. Who knows? 
Well, I could tell you, but I'm not going to right now. But it does turn out good for her. Because she realized exactly who God was, and she repented of her sins. She changed her ways, and she became a completely different person. See, a lot of times, I know a lot of people that have started going to church, and they say they have, they have given their heart and life to God and everything, but their lives have not changed. They are still the same person. The only difference is they're going to church. They're still still saying they're still telling the same lies. They're still still using the the vulgar language. They're still using God's name in vain. They're still doing all these things that my Bible says is sin, but yet they think that they are saved and on their way to heaven. The Bible says to repent of your sins and turn from your sins and sin no more. Sin no more. Sure, we're going to fail and we're going to come up short and we're going to do stupid things sometimes, but we ask God to forgive us and we go on. The sin is not asking God to forgive you of something that you have done and keep on doing it. The sin is... is uh, rejecting God when he when he uh, lets you know that you have done something wrong or said something wrong and and you make excuses. Uh, well, you know, it, that wasn't that bad. You know, that'd be all right. No, it's not. We need to ask God to forgive us of it. If he convicts us of it, we need to ask him to to forgive us of it because there will be no sin in heaven. There will be no sin, no sin, no, there's no little bitty sin and there's no great big sin. A lie will send you to hell just as quick as going out and murdering somebody. A sin is a sin and there will be no sin in heaven. And, you know, we need to change our ways and we need to get our hearts right and we need to follow the Lord and let him lead us the way that he wants us to go, not the way that we want to go. Yeah, I, I would, I would, I wished it was a whole lot easier to get to heaven where you didn't have to work so much and, uh, you know, and all this. But uh, then again, I think, no, I like it just the way it is. Yeah, it's hard and it's strict. But the thing about it is, is the Lord's right there with me every step I take and everything I do. He's right there with me. When I mess up, he lets me know. I asked him to forgive me. I asked him to forgive me. Listen, I thank you all for tuning in and listening today. I hope you got something out of this. And until the next time, may the Lord bless you in a great way. Thank you.